message. Good morning. Snow warriors. Woo, yeah. Love it. I heard there were some church cancellations today. So if you found us online or here in the room, welcome. Thank you for coming to worship with us, Snow Warriors. <laughs> um, I know there is a storm coming in apparently on Tuesday, maybe into Wednesday, so we'll watch that. I don't want Cam and Sandra traveling from Kingston with their team if the roads are terrible, so just watch our announcements uh, for Wednesday evening. We'll hope to all steam ahead. I'm enjoying... Uh, the 21 days of fasting and prayer. Frank asked who's enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Uh, I don't enjoy fasting at all, but I like the effects. And I like as my, uh, it allows my, the noise of my head and the emotions and my soul to kind of get quiet uh, as my spirit takes preeminence and uh, just a strengthening time. We had a time on Wednesday night. If you were here, we just had a good time. There was a great flow in worship, the Holy Spirit, and the Word, prayer, and I appreciated all who came out Wednesday night to be a part of that, and this Wednesday will be no exception. Typically, it builds, so we're looking forward to that. Well, I want to talk to you this morning on how to talk to God, how to talk to God. Very basic, and yet uh, we want to make the basics beautiful because they are and uh, let's look at a scripture from Luke chapter 11. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Thank you, Jesus, today that that request is coming out of our heart as well. And Lord, our minds are alert right now and our, our hearts are ready. And Lord, as we've been uh, just spending these days, all, now starting week two in our spiritual emphasis days, Lord, our hearts are cultivated. I pray that uh, we can receive the seed of the word and it can bring forth 30, 60, and 100 fold today. In Jesus' name, everyone said. When you think about prayer, I mean, very much it's a mystery uh, that the creator of the universe would want to sit down and talk with us and literally have a meal with us. Now, not eat physical food, but we recently uh, had a little dinner party at our house, and it's just wonderful after, during the meal and after the meal, uh, that there's just conversation that seems to take place when we're in that setting. Well, that's the setting that Jesus describes in Revelation chapter 3. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door. So he's waiting for us to invite him to a place where he'll come in and dine with him and he with me. That word feast or have koinonia, fellowship, um, but really conversation over a meal in its simplicity. And our goal this month is that you will experience the Holy Spirit in a greater way, more, more than you did coming out of 2023 and now coming into 2020. Anybody else dropping the numbers? Yeah. Um, I remember the year 2000, that makes me kind of old, and um, and uh, once in a while, I, I still go 19 when I'm starting. And yeah, that's another old person. Whoever that was, I love you. And, um, and so our desire is that we'll get closer to Jesus uh, than you were when you started the 21 days of fasting and prayer. And there really is potential in these weeks to change everything because prayer changes everything. And it changes us, <laughs> specifically. John, in the book of Revelations, tells us that God so treasures our prayer time that he stores them up in bowls and then dumps them out as an offering. 
Prayers in the Bible parted the Red Sea. They caused Jericho's walls to come tumbling down. It stopped the sun in the sky for 24 hours while God's people were at warfare. It took care of a giant named Goliath. Prayer is powerful. Say prayer is powerful. Prayer is a supernatural connection between you and God. And we have this incredible privilege to be connected to God 24 hours a day, every day, all the time. But most of us, if we're honest, when I kind of do my, oh, prayer is powerful, we can do all these great things, would say, mine don't feel very powerful. And I'm not sure that my prayers are even having any kind of effect. In fact, if I'm honest, I'm not sure I know how to pray, at least not prayers like that. And when I'm talking to God, what do you say to God anyway? Good morning, God. This is Roy. Oh, wait a minute. You're omniscient. You already knew that. You already knew that. Uh, God, uh, having a good day? Um, The angels behaving? Uh, Busy day at the office? Uh, Okay, bless my food today, I guess. And help Joey. Yeah, help Joey. He really, really needs you today. I think if we're all honest, we would say that We could all use some help in our prayer time. Anybody else? Four of us? I'll keep going, though. The rest of you, you're there. That's awesome. I don't need any help with my prayer. My prayer is awesome. (laughs) No, we. I think if we're honest, we can all say we could use help with our prayer time. And from time to time, um, I get stuck in my prayer time. And we get stuck when we're going to see because prayer really is relational. And we want to break out of that. And we want this fresh time uh, to look at prayer in these 21 days. So when I started the scriptures, the disciples asked Jesus, hey, would you teach us to pray? And the context of that, the context of that is interesting because if anybody knew how to pray, they should have known. Because they went to synagogue school every Saturday. And uh, at Saturday school, they prayed a lot. They prayed in the morning, prayed at noon, prayed at night, prayed in the synagogue, prayed at home. And they, whatever rabbinical school training they would have had, some were fishermen, but whatever had rabbinical training, would have been versed in the Old Testament, memorized a lot of it, recited so many prayers. And yet, they asked Jesus, teach us to pray. And the context of that request is they had just heard Jesus slip away from the busyness of life to get into a quiet place and talk to his father, and to spend time with his father. And if they could have asked anything, which they could have, you know, teach us, teach us how to turn water into wine. That'd be cool. Teach us, (laughs) teach some of you are laughing way too freely. Uh, Teach us, teach us to walk on water. Teach us, you know, to do, but they said, teach us to pray. And in this, in this request, Jesus says this, in this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We worship you, Father. We love you today. You are amazing and compassionate and so gracious and so kind. We ask that your kingdom would come here today in my heart and in my children and in my workplace, in my city. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in my life today in my workplace, in my children, and in my family, just like it's already been decided in heaven. Give us 
today my daily bread, the things that I have need of, and oh God, you know I need so very, very much today. So Lord, I'm dependent on you, and I ask you today for the basic things that sustain me today, and I ask that you forgive my sin. As I forgive those that have sinned against me, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And so as Jesus gives them a prayer, not to recite, but it's a roadmap of prayer. We're going to look more deeply into that, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But before we can dig into uh, some of the what Jesus was unpacking in this roadmap, not in a recital prayer, the, the Our Father, but the Our Father becomes really that roadmap of relationship with him. So I want to dig into four things today. Uh, just to give you a basic understanding of how to pray. And number one, I'll, actually I'll give you all four. Understand the purpose of prayer. Find your place of prayer. Discover a plan for prayer and embrace the process of prayer. Number one, understand the purpose of prayer. This is number one because this is number one. And I'll spend a little bit more time. This is what's most important. Many of us give up on prayer or prayer time because we, we really don't understand its purpose, the why of prayer. Say why. The why of prayer. And how about this? This has a purpose. I have to pray because it's my obligation as a Christian. I'm a Christ follower, and the thing you do when you're a Christian is you pray. And, and so I need to pray to check the box. And and some of us are overachievers, and so we make the box really big. Because if I pray more, God loves me more, God accepts me more. And, and so I have this obligation to pray because the Bible says I should do it. And so I do, and I check my box. And it becomes dry and boring and a religious obligation to see if we could be accepted by God. Not a good purpose. Or we think prayer is uh, to bring our prayer request list, our long list of what we need. And if we pray hard enough, long enough, and, 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 and have enough faith and really go after it, don't have any doubts, and just really push through, and, and just th this, is what, this is what I'm praying for in Jesus' name. And if I have enough faith for that, then, th then I can get the stuff. And, but when I don't get the stuff, I get frustrated, and I give up praying. Because I have this idea that prayer doesn't work. At least, at least in my mind, it doesn't work. And, or maybe it didn't really change anything at all. So why would I do it? Is that the purpose of prayer, to get stuff from God? That's a question. You can answer it. Is that our purpose, to get stuff from God? Is it our purpose to have some kind of an obligation we can check the box and I'm a Christian, this is what I do? Thank you for that big, loud no in the back. What did the disciples see and hear that they watched Jesus slip away from the crowds and be alone? to go up to a mountain early in the morning before the sun was up. He was missing his father. The Trinity, the three in one. The Bible tries to describe so that our human minds can understand the mystery of what's called the kenosis in the theological terms. Jesus coming as a human being, emptying himself of his divine attributes, the, the voluntary use. As he walked on the earth, he was a human being. He was all man. And he relied on the Holy Spirit and his relationship with the Father in the same way you and I do. 
He relinquished his godness so that he would know what it would be to walk as a man. And we watch him missing his father, missing the intimacy that for all of eternity past that he had shared. And he would slip away to be with his father and speak with him. It wasn't out of obligation. It wasn't to get something from him. He didn't need anything in that sense. It was to be with him. What the disciples were learning about the purpose of prayer is that prayer, and here's our purpose, is for relationship. The purpose of prayer is a relationship with Jesus, with the Father, with the Holy Spirit. Say relationship. You're almost there. I'm going to make you say it again. I just need, I need some help. Relationship. Thank you. Christine and I have been married for over 40 years, coming into 41 this year. And uh, if I apply what I've just said in terms of a purpose of being together, um, and I said to her, Henny, you know, we, we have really busy lives, and I was thinking, um, rather than, you know, be together all week long, what we could do is, now your choice, totally your choice, sweetheart, but we could get together at 9.15 once a week or at 11. We could just do that and spend about an hour and 15 minutes together. Um, and so what would be good for you? 9, 15, 11. And uh, we'll just, you know, hey, we'll put in our time. And, and, or, or if I said, hey, listen, uh, honey, um, so every time we got together, I just had a list. This is what I need from you. I need you to, and I would just go through my list. How long would a marriage relationship last based on that? Unfortunately, some people were absolutely correct about that. But unfortunately, even some marriage relationships exist that way. And that there isn't depth of intimacy and there isn't depth of conversation because really what the purpose of marriage relationship is is to fully know each other and then fully love each other and accept one another. And Jesus fully knows you and he wants you to fully know him. And even in our flaws and in our shortcomings, he fully knows all about that. He wants us to get to the place where we can start unpacking some of that with him because he already knows it. But as we, in vulnerability, same way a marriage couple would, rather than be defensive, come in vulnerability and begin to share and still have your partner look into your eyes and say, I understand and I love you. Why? Because there's been conversation that's gone deep. There's communication that's gone deep. The quality of any relationship is based on the quality of the conversation and the communication, right? And so at Harvest, we know that even relationally with, with one another. And small group season is going to start up in February, and we talk about know a name. I recognize your face, but I want to, uh, uh, excuse me, know a face. I recognize it, but I want to know your name, and I want to know your story. And as conversations happen, stories are exchanged, the quality of the communication deepens the relationship. So have you ever wondered then how to have communication and conversation with God? And uh, what do I do? Uh, well, I hear a lot of people change their voices and use a lot of church words. Maybe that's what you do. Our dear heavenly Father, gracious one on the top of Mount Zion, I come to you today as a mere mortal, sinful as I am, and unworthy of your presence today, Almighty One, who oversees the vast hosts of the heavens. Today, O oh God, I come before you, and I ask for your gracious presence. Is that what you do? I hope not, because that's just weird. 
And some of us are weird, and you need to stop it. It'd be like Seth coming to me, having to, my youngest son, having to um, get some kind of formal speech worked up to have a conversation with me. Dear Father, leader of the incredible Stevenson clan, <laughs> but eminent ruler and gracious supplier of my food and my bed and helps me with tuition. Great and awesome, Dad, would you allow me to go out Friday evening with my friends? He wouldn't do that. We were having a conversation this week, and uh, he, he, I said, he goes, what are you talking, yeah, often will, he's home for, um, for break, and, and uh, he, he, works, he works in the kitchen at the uh, daycare center and has for years, and so he was putting, putting in a shift, picked him up, and asked him how things were going, and he, he often will ask me, what are you preaching on on Sunday? And I said, oh, I'm going to preach on prayer. He says, why, why do people get so weird about prayer? He said, um, you know, I, I had a chance this week to pray with one of my roommates, um, and the roommate is, is not, a, not a Christ follower, um, really has no, no context of all with church. He's completely unchurched. And uh, so they get in a conversation just before Christmas. He said, you know, I was talking to him, and he said, I prayed with him. I said, really? He goes, yeah, like, I didn't lead him to Jesus or anything. Uh, he said, although I think that's probably going to happen. Um, he said, but he was just sharing about how difficult Christmas is. And uh, he missed his family, and there's, there's some just some dynamics that are difficult. And so uh, he said, I prayed for him. I said, well, that's really cool. He goes, yeah, but I didn't get weird or anything. I didn't want to wear him out. And so he recited kind of how he prayed. It was just very conversational um, and very, it was just wonderful prayer. I said, son, that's well done. I said, what did he think of that? He goes, he said, wow, thanks a lot. He goes, I wasn't sure if he'd let me or not. And I go, I've never met somebody when I asked them, do you want to pray, that they said no. Because um, almost everybody understands. I believe we're, we're built with an innate sense. Ask people, uh, we just watched the Netflix movie with the uh, plane that goes down in the Andes. And uh, I was thinking about, ask anybody who's a declared atheist who's going down in a plane. They're probably screaming out, oh! Right in one of, in one of the scenes, you could tell somebody was reciting the Lord's prayers over and over and over and over again because they're going to die. And so, it, in us, there's some of this in, innate sense that we want to draw out as we're Christ followers. We're in relationship with Jesus, conversational. But we need to understand as we begin that it begins, and I uh, I'm going to say when you pray this week because that's our encouragement that you'll take time, morning devos, uh, all, all the, any way that you would like to uh, just kind of be intentional this week. When you pray, remember its purpose. The purpose of prayer is to have conversation, quality, as you're growing in your relationship with Jesus, and quality conversation will lead to quality relationship. Number two, find your place of prayer. And I know, I know that you can pray anywhere, anytime, but Jesus taught us to find a place of prayer. And usually, and if, even if I, when I hear this, I guess I'll push back in myself and go, well, I can pray in the car, you know, driving along, and I can pray. And, and, and I understand. I understand what you're saying. But remember, this isn't going to be obligatory. This is going to be relational and setting intentional time, a place where we can meet with Jesus, a prayer place. And Jesus actually teaches that. It says one day while he was praying in a certain place. Say certain place. He had a designated place to go and pray. In fact, that word certain also means secret place. He wasn't advertising he was there. He didn't want to be distracted. He didn't want to be interrupted while he was talking to the Father. 
He went on to say in Matthew, but when you pray, go, go away by yourself, all alone, and shut the door behind you. And so let's, you know, it's not literally, we call this old school prayer closet, um, but it's a place that you designate that you go to pray secretly to your father. And secretly is not like clandestine, it's just, it's me and Jesus alone right now. And the father who knows your secrets will reward you. And the reward will be relationship, conversation, and deepening. A prayer place will enhance your prayer time immensely. I can't emphasize this enough. Um, during the winter months, my place is in front of a gas fireplace. I get up early in the morning. I did it this morning before anybody else gets up in our house because I want it quiet. And I brew some coffee, and I have Java with Jesus, and I sit down on the couch uh, in my, I call it my prayer place, my prayer chair. Um, I, I, the fireplace for ambiance is beautiful, and I, I spend some time with the Lord. In the summertime, I might shift it up, and I have a different room that has a view of all things green, which just makes me super happy as an outdoor person. I don't like all things white, so it doesn't, doesn't help me at all. Um, and you winter people, God bless you. You can stare out at the white all you want, but I, I, I like green. And so in summertime, maybe I'll, I'll change that up. And I will, I, I designate that spot. In past years, um, I... Um, well, let me, just before I do that, let me read this, just this thought for you. In the day of Pentecost, they were gathered in a prayer room. Now, I know there was more than one, but in the context, I want you to see this. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house, and in some translations, it filled the whole place that they were sitting. And then there appeared divided tongues of fire, which sat upon each of them. The presence of God filled the place before it touched the person. I, I don't, I don't want to be weird about this. Um, I'm not trying to be. I'm just trying. I want you to see this, how important the place is. That God filled the place before he touched the person. And what I'm trying to explain to you is that, and I'll use this analogy, that years ago, uh, when we lived in Messina, I was on staff at New Testament Church for 12 years. I was the principal of the day school. I had an office, and that was my prayer place because we had young children growing up. Christina had a busy daycare in our home, and uh, there was just a lot of hustle and bustle, and, and I actually used early morning hours to prep. We had a Bible college, so I was up early prepping as I taught in the Bible college. Then I would, I would run into the, um, my office and start get school started, and then I, I would get some other duties that I would have. And so it was just a very busy time of life. And so my office, and I had a designated time um, that that was my prayer place. Say prayer place. I would shut the door. I do not disturb when outside the door. And um, I would sit at my desk but there were times, because in those 12 years, there were precious, precious days in my life where God was working and conversationally, I was learning a lot about Jesus. And Jesus was learning a lot about me because I was lowering some things and allowing God to do a work in my life, which he delights to do. And his love and his compassion as we do that, he, he, he wants, he'll do it by invitation only. And so those were, those were amazing times, and often I would slip away from my desk where my Bible would be open, and I found myself laying on the carpet on the floor, just weeping before the Lord, as it was just such a precious moment in his presence, and just crying out to God 
for more of him and for change in my own heart as he was revealing some of those areas. It was my prayer place. The presence of God would come into the room before it sat on me. It was a special place. In fact, so special that I often get opportunities for whatever different reasons to go back. and I'll be in the meeting in Messina, uh, in a meeting uh, there for something, or just in the building. With no one knowing, I'll find my way up to my old office, which, is, which has served as many, many other functions since then. I'm not sure. I think it might even be just a storage area now. But I go in and I stand in the doorway and a tear or two or three will begin coursing down my cheeks as I remember the place over here where I dealt with some areas where God was working on the man. Over here where God was sharing with me how much he loved it when I came into his presence. Where God spoke to me over on that spot and in this spot. See, the place is important. And I want to encourage you, if you don't have a prayer place, find a chair, turn it into a corner. If you don't have enough space in your home to have a dedicated spot, Light a candle, do whatever turns your crank to have just a, a, an area that is special for you. Have Java with Jesus, and over time, you will begin to appreciate that the place of prayer is important. Number three, I want you to discover a plan for prayer. Is this helpful for anybody today? Is this helpful? Okay, good. Discover a plan for prayer. Plans are great tools that will help you from distraction. Uh, Seth teases me. I tried to be a puzzler. I bought a 400-piece puzzle. Um, if you do puzzles, that's a very small, that's a great 8-plus, uh, 8-plus eight eight um, puzzle. I never finished it. I never finished it. I was too frustrated. He said, Dad, you got the attention span of a goldfish. He said, you can't finish this puzzle? And I go, No! You know, I would, I just can't do it. I can't. Ah, the thought of it drives me nuts even talking about it right now. I can't do it. And so when I sometimes sit in the quietness of a, a moment, my, my mind wanders all over the place. Anybody else have that problem? Yeah. So, Lord, I just want to thank you for that great time on Wednesday night in prayer. Wow, it was awesome, Lord. And yeah, the worship team was pretty good, too. I, I, like, that, I like that song. Where did, let me just, when I grab my phone, now I'm searching songs. and Oh, an ad pops up. Woo! 15 minutes goes by, and I realize first 15's over, and I prayed for 30 seconds. Woo! Look at me go. Anybody else? Yeah, come on. And we get distracted. And so prayer plans are super important. And the, the, uh, a prayer plan will just help you uh, to get into a place. And it's not any different that if you want a special night with your spouse, you plan it. You, uh, spontaneity is great. But I find that spontaneity will flow more out of if you've had plan times in order to build upon that relationship. And so the plan times, let me encourage you to get a prayer plan. You can get on our webpage. We have a bunch of them, and they're really good. And I've used them all. And last time we did Devos, I actually went through a number of prayer plans just to demonstrate how they could work. And people really appreciated that. I want to give you one that's not on our webpage, but Nikki Gimbel, uh, who does uh, the Alpha program, and we changed the name and use it in something here called Seeds for New Believers, because it's just amazing. And anything Nick, Nikki Gimbel loves, I love. And uh, he forwards this book as the book I've been waiting for, How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People uh, by Pete Gregg. Just out of curiosity, has anybody read it yet? 
Grab a copy if you're looking for a prayer plan. He uses uh, prayer, P-R-A-Y, and uh, he says he doesn't like uh, acronyms, and yet it just, it works. Pause, rejoice, ask, and yield. And you just work through this plan in your prayer time to help you stay on task um, and work through the roadmap, the content of what Jesus wants us to cover uh, in prayer. Pause is simply just getting quiet, stilling your mind, not thinking about this week or, or, or what's in your day, but you're just saying, Lord, I'm here to have Jabba with Jesus. And I actually say that. Say, Jesus, are you ready? I'm here. Thank you for already being here. And then a, a time of rejoicing and just being thankful and learning to express gratitude. Expressing gratitude will change your perspective. If you know people that just have really negative, um, they're just negative all the time. It's just like that peanuts cloud guy that, you know, was it Sheplock? Whatever his name was, just walked around with a big cloud of dust all the time. And when you express gratitude and find something to just thank, thank, be thankful for, it begins to develop something in your spirit. And what it actually does is it changes your perspective, and you will begin to have more things to be thankful for as we focus in on just thanking the Lord. And that new perspective brings us to the last one, to yield, where we're learning to say yes unconditionally to God. Many of us have a yes. Oh, and the Lord, the Lord just drops, we're just quiet. We're not yielding. Lord, I just surrender to you. I surrender all. We've read something in the scripture and God, you know, Roy, you know, that attitude you had last week. I, I just wonder if you could just think about that for a minute. Well, sure, okay, God, sure, yes. Can we talk about what it is you're gonna have me do about it? And the yes is conditional. Say conditional. He's looking for our unconditional yes because that's where things really start happening because you trust him to know that he won't harm you or hurt you, that he has a plan for you and a future for you. And when you start to get into that point where you go, Lord, could I have details? He goes, no. Uh-uh, no. I just want you to say yes, your unconditional yes, which is the yielding before the Lord. Job says, uh, uh, God does speak sometimes one way and sometimes another, even though people may not understand it. And we believe that the sheep hear his voice, and it's learning, learning in that yielding time to tune our ear in and begin that God loves to speak to us and talk to us, both in his word and in our spirits. Number four, as the team's coming, I'm gonna start playing behind me. That was a very obvious uh, cue. Uh, to embrace the process of prayer. Hey, I wish I could tell you, as I told you about that office space, that um, as, as that place, that place is precious to me and what happened. And, but I didn't tell you about maybe the hundred times that I sat, I was with the Lord, the heavens didn't open, the angels didn't sing, uh, the Holy Spirit didn't tiptoe in and put fire on my head. Um, there were a lot of times that I just was hanging out with Jesus. We were spending time together. And some of, some of what I was praying through was I was learning to wait on God. And I would really encourage you to get Friday's Devo on waiting on the Lord. And I unpacked just some personal stories of I am a destination person. I hate the journey. I hate it. To this day, my personality. Remember, I can't do a 400-piece puzzle. I want to get to where I'm going. And that's a great personality trait for uh, an Enneagram 8 that wants to achieve and get things done. 
It is a horrible relational trait. Ask anybody in my family, ask anybody who gets close to me. And I'm thankful for gracious people that love me, fully know me and love me. But I've had to learn, I've had to learn that you hang out with people not for what you can get out of the relationship, but just to be present in the moment and drink in the relationship. And so that Friday Devo is on learning how to yield and wait on the Lord. You gotta get good with the process of prayer. But as for me, Micah 7, 7, but as for me, a declaration that we have to learn to make, I watch and hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior, and God will hear me. And in those times where we do have prayer requests and things that we're praying for, and we, as, as Frank said today, Lord, we leave 2023 at your feet and we leave 2024 at your feet. It's literally, once I give it to him, I leave it with him. He cares for what you care about. And you can, you can bring the pain of your heart before the Lord. But there's a, a sense in which once we've done that, to continue realizing purpose of prayer, yes, he wants us to ask. It's, it's P. R-A, ask, and why yield? But the purpose of pray is to connect with him. And we learn that in the wait season, it's a process, unanswered prayer, seemingly. It seems like he didn't answer, and yet he does. As we sit in those moments and in those times when our heart is aching and we're in pain and we're, we feel like we're so in need of something, and he said, let me be sufficient for you right now. Let my grace be sufficient for you right now. I'm working on it. I assure you I'm working on it. But let my timetable be mine and you rest in what I'm doing. And then we can lose some of these areas where we're fretting and go, oh, it's not working. But if you're in that moment, in a painful moment, and you embrace the process of prayer, and then you realize I'm here because I'm hanging with you and my heart is so painful, and what I pray for is so important, God. And the breath of the Holy Spirit comes to reassure you, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Let's just pause right now, P-R-A-Y. Let's just pause. David said, one thing I ask from the Lord is only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek Him. We just pause right now. Lord, we want to be people who can learn to come to peace quickly, come to rest quickly, quiet in the noise, and be still and know that you are God, the mystery, the God of the universe that wants to hang out with me says, I miss you. Will you miss me? Will you be like Jesus who just runs into my presence? Someone in the room right now just express online, I miss you, Jesus. I've been praying, but it's been a long time since I've connected. It's been a long time since I've sensed your presence been a long time since I remembered why this was so good.
rejoice. Lord, thank you. Thank you for my life today, for health in my body, for the areas of my body that need more health. Thank you that it's coming and it's on its way. Thank you for who you are, that you love me, that you forgave my sins, that you fully, fully, fully know my weakness, my frailty, and you don't get frustrated with me. When I'm most frustrated with myself and you say, relax, stop being so hard, you're being more hard on yourself than I was on Jesus on the cross. Rest. I know who you are. I know you're frail. I just thank you that that's true. I just thank you that you're so amazing. I thank you for the times in the past that you've demonstrated your faithfulness over and over and over and over. And when I made my bed in hell, you found me there. You brought my feet out of the miry clay and planted them on the rock to stay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. P-R-A, ask. Lord, I ask for families at harvest to be strengthened. I ask, Lord, for the prayer request that came in this week for somebody battling intense seizures and major health issues, and they don't know, the doctors can't figure out why. We just pray right now in Jesus' name, Lord, that, that you would touch that person because you're the God that's so compassionate and loving. I just pray you'd be close to that person right now. I pray for that person who broke their femur a month ago and is still in pain and still complications. And Lord, we just ask right now. I ask, Lord, that you'll be here on Wednesday night and the prophetic spirit of God that testifies of Jesus would be so strong that people would be exhorted, edified, built up from the beautiful gift of prophecy. And the spiritual gifts would flow in power and might. I ask you, Lord, for this year at Harvest as you've promised to birth new ministries as we had that promise from uh, Christmas time and Mary being impregnant. We're being people all over this room and online are being impregnated with the purposes of God. Yield. In this moment, David said, Search me, O God, and know me, because I don't know myself. If I search my own heart, my own life, and religious nonsense, I'm going to try to improve on areas that you, you didn't ask me to improve on. I'm going to hide the areas I'm ashamed of and I don't want to even talk about. But if I ask you like David did to search me, because I trust you so much and know me, all across this room and online, that prayer of trust. He will begin 
to bring healing to your hearts and souls like you've never known, never dreamt of. Because he can do beyond what you ask or dream or pray. By looking into your eyes the way only he can and saying, I fully know you. Just relax in the process of prayer. Let's go on a journey together. I love you and I will be all things for you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And we just prayed. <laughs> just before we shift and dismiss this service. I'm a little bit late and I apologize for that. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in this room today or online and you've never had a relationship with Jesus, the Bible says that we're separated from God because of our sin. We've all sinned. We've all broken God's law. And no, no amount of praying or confessing or trying to do better saves us and puts us in relationship with God. No amount of that. The Bible says that we're saved by the work of Jesus, not by religious work. And he loves you the way you are, and he loves you so much he won't leave you the way you are. And he knocks on the door, and maybe you've never opened the door to allow Jesus to come in. And today's your day to open the door of your life and say, Jesus, come in, forgive me. I need a Savior. If that's you today in the room, I'm just going to count back from three, two to one. When I reach one, just raise your hand. Online, you can text in right now. I want to receive Jesus. Today, if you want to receive Jesus, eternal life, forgiveness of sin, being born again as the Bible describes it, to begin entering into a relationship that I've described today, it's yours. He gave it to you, you need to receive it in three. In two, it's for you today in one. Just simply raise your hand. I'll see it and acknowledge. Is there anyone today in the room? I see a hand right there. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Harvest, yeah. <laughs> we all respond that way because most of us in the room have made this decision, and it's the most glorious one. Harvest, for the sake of someone either online and someone who did raise their hand today, let's pray this prayer together. I want to invite you if you raised your hand. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. I need a Savior today. Save me. Forgive me. Come into my life. I start my new life with you today as my Lord, as my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me, for coming into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we believe if you prayed that prayer from your heart, you are born again. Jesus loves you, accepts you. You have eternal life online as well. Let's stand just before we dismiss this service. I'm calling on the God of Mary Whose favor rests upon the lowly I know with you all things are possible I'm calling on the God of David Who made a shepherd born courageous
changes I may not face Goliath But I've got my own giant Oh God, my God, I need you Oh God, my God, I need you now How I need you now Oh rock, oh rock of ages prayer team is here to pray with anyone this morning you'd like just agreement prayer someone to stand with you where two shall agree it's done as we just believe in prayer today they're here to serve you just before we go today for us, God, and I'm praying this week, Father, for uh, uh, just such an intimate connection through prayer. Father, as we press in in this year, 2024, God, we will see your face differently. God, we will feel you differently, God, because we are pressing in and, and asking more this year, God, of you than we ever have, and giving more of ourselves, God, this year than we yes, ever had. Yes. Father, I pray you'll bless each and every person here this morning. God, keep them safe, keep them healthy. God, um, just go with them today. In your name we pray, amen. God bless you. Have an amazing week. We'll see you Wednesday night.